Let's get reading! We use bad language. So this is a language advisory. Your kids are people that don't like bad language. Listen to this later. Hey, Olivia! Hey, Ashley! <laughs> Welcome to the Junk of the Book Club! A podcast for lonely drunk bookcasters. Yeah! Tell us how our, uh, how our book club came about. Well, once upon a time... Ashley and I tried to start a book club in real life, <laughs> and we invited a bunch of people. We bought snacks and wine, <laughs> and nobody showed up. <laughs> so, years later, and a bottle of wine down, I think, we came up yeah. with this idea. It's much better, because then, right? yeah, nobody has to come. We could just be here by ourselves. And then we can just force people to listen to it. Yeah. Wait, we should cheers each other through the through the Skype camera. Ready? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> you sounded really loud. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> oh, so good. Oops. We just, we could not form a real book club because we suck. <laughs> oh, because we're so sad. I know. Um, it's kind of a sad genesis. It is. Like, it's not our fault that nobody wants to come. It's their losses, man. Total losers. Total losers. <laughs> Should we also maybe tell the story of, like, our year long of, like, saying we are going <laughs> to do a podcast and then not doing it? Sure. Well, since I told the story, why don't you tell the next? <laughs> okay. Settle down, children. It's time for me to tell a story as I take a drink of my wine and you slug back your cider. <laughs> Taking very small sips. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. Okay. Um, so, you were down at my house visiting... And we were talking about how much we love not just podcasts in general, but in particular, Call Your Girlfriend. Woo! So good. Because we love the fact that it was all like long distance besties talking about feminism and pop culture, which is like basically what we do when we are able to visit each other. Right. And so um, then we remembered our sad book club. And how much we had wanted it to work, and nobody else was in on that plan or that goal. <laughs> and so we said, well, why don't we make this podcast that is basically us talking about our interests, because I don't think we're as well-versed in top, like pop culture and just like politics in general. They're like a little bit wiser and more learned, I think. Right. I agree. I agree. But we definitely know about drinking and Saying ridiculous things about books. Like, we can definitely do that. We were both creative writing majors. Yeah. So, it's things we know about. Right. I mean, if there is like a prerequisite for being a creative writing major, I think it's like drinking ridiculous amounts of cheap liquor and writing and then talking about that writing in like a totally pretentious way, right? Yeah. That's the way you get through college. Totally. So, anyways, we were going to make this podcast we even that first day we drank like wine we took pictures we created a gmail and a twitter and then we recorded ourselves talking for like a really long time about random stuff and then we spent the next what is it like a year almost a year no 
Has it been? I don't know. I'm afraid to look back at our Twitter. I think it's been almost a year. Oh, jeez. Of, like, saying, okay, let's record. (laughs) Okay, let's record. We also read, like, a few different books that we were going to talk about and never did. Like, that's what I'm going to look up. When did Ghost of the Watchmen? Yes. July 14th. Yes. Okay, so not a full year, but close. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, because I was on a I was on a work trip and I was reading it. So yes, yeah. I guess I shouldn't right. exaggerate too much. <laughs> but now we finally have done it and we're gonna do it. So it's it's happening. So exciting! Okay. And what book are we are we reading? Oh well, this time we read How to Build a Girl <laughs> <laughs> by I thought it was Caitlin Moran, but apparently it's Catelyn Moran. Yeah, that's right. I watched a few YouTube videos. <gasps> you did. Yeah, just to make sure I knew how to say it. Oh, what did you learn? Yeah, that Catelyn Moran is right. (laughs) You kind of said that in a British way. (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) Catelyn Moran. Catelyn Moran. I'm American. (laughs) Um, Well, I didn't want to watch too many of it, too many of them, because I didn't want to spoil our conversation. That's true. I get that. I'm going to watch them later. Well, okay. What didn't work for you? Okay, so, like, at first, I have to honestly say, and this is just, like, American versus British people, Mm -hmm. is I spent, like, the first three or four pages being very confused about what the hell was going on. Right. Me too, actually. I was just like, what is, what is she talking about? I was so confused. Yeah, the first few pages have a lot of underlined words. (laughs) And phrases are like, I think I know what this means, but this is a little confusing. Yeah. I was like, wait, this was my note. <laughs> this is the note I wrote. What are they saying? Question mark, exclamation mark. I don't understand a good one third of the words. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently did not understand them. Oh, yeah. so yeah, that was, and then also I was like, how do I feel about how at the beginning it's like, oh, here's a 14-year-old girl masturbating next to her 6-year-old boy. Like, how do yeah. I feel about that as the beginning of a story? Right. That one was a little interesting. <laughs> well, actually, I think that the first chapter was a little difficult for me to get into. Yeah. I think maybe for the language, also that scene, mm-hmm. there was just a lot going on to describe the dad. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't really want to read a book about this dad. But, you know, as you go on later, you see why it's important to have all that knowledge. But Right. It was so hefty in the first, you know, chapter or so that it was a little draining. Totally. And I kind of, like, I kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I felt the first beginning feeling like, oh, shit. Like, I have to be on my toes feeling sort of nervous. Like, where's the abuse? Like, I totally just was, like, expecting abuse. How horrible is that? But... Yeah, no. I can see that, though. Because there was a weird dynamic between the family. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, just that the dad always wanting to be, like, this young, famous rock star. You kind of are trained to... I guess so. Assumed bad things are coming from that, I guess. I know. Ugh, what does that say about... <laughs> God, ugh. I guess, what does that say about American culture, though? I wonder if it's... Oh, that's true. I wonder if, if I was not American and I was reading this, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> also, there was, like, a lot that I just generally did not understand about the welfare, welfare system in the UK. 
Right. So that was, like, kind of, like, eye-opening. I don't know. Like, wow, I'm learning a lot more about, like, socioeconomic status and welfare (laughs) in the UK. Right. Yeah, and it was interesting that I guess I kind of liked it because I forgot about it until the end. But towards the end of the book, you finally realize why they lost part of their... (gasps) Yes. Um... Social Security mm-hmm. because she dropped out of school, mm-hmm. and I just remember being like so nervous with her when she thought it was because she told on them. Yeah, and then you kind of forget about it for a while until the ver- the very end, and it's I don't know. It's interesting to hear about how that happened as well. And yeah, it's sad. It well, it was like it was kind of poetic because. She had spent all this time trying to protect her family, and they, right. it turns out, had been doing the exact same thing for her. Right. And it was just kind of, I don't know, like, I guess to a certain extent, I thought it was sad like you thought, but I also kind of thought it was just, like, perfectly, perfectly cyclical. Like, it fit, it fit perfectly. Totally. I think the reason I was thinking sad is because of its relationship to her kind of discovering all these other things about herself, mm-hmm. going through such a rough time to then find out that, like, your family, she clearly appreciates the fact that they were watching out for her and loving her. Right. Telling her, but to then learn that you're the reason. I know. That, that happened was, just kind of got to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also because she was like, I have to stop going to school. I have to get out of school to support them. And it's right, like exactly. beautiful irony in like a horrible sort of way. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think in general I really liked the book. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it was super relatable. Yeah. Um, just like trying to figure out who you are mm-hmm. and then, you know, falling for not necessarily wrong crowds but getting obsessed with certain situations or people and kind of throwing yourself at it yeah um yeah I thought it was somewhat relatable you know everyone's kind of had a moment where they get obsessed with something and focus on it um but also yeah I, I don't know I guess yeah it was just I got I found it pretty relatable I kind of wondered what, like, if this had come out when I was in high school and I had read it, like, how it would have affected me then. Right. Because. Go ahead. I think if I read it in high school, I don't think I would have seen how relatable it was. Interesting. That's interesting. Because you go through this sort of, like, cocky period where, (laughs) you know, you're on top of the world, and even if you don't admit it when you're Mm -hmm. in high school, because you, I mean, I definitely didn't think I went through that phase in high school, but it happens. I think I've been like, oh, this girl doesn't know, like, how to deal with these situations. (laughs) You would have been like the the other teens who were like, ugh, figure it out. God. Yeah. But now going back, it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. It's relatable. I feel like I would have read it and I would have, because, like, I was obsessed with similar shit. Like, I wanted to write and I was obsessed with music. And I think I would have been so, like, jazzed and jealous. Right. <laughs> I'd been like, oh, my God. 
look at all this shit she can do, and I'm stuck here in this shitty, tiny town, I can't do anything, and my life is the worst. Like, I think, even though she was going through her version of shitty life, yeah, which, like, admittedly, way worse than my teenage years, like, way worse, (laughs) like, much more difficult, Um, but I think I probably would have compared myself and been jealous, I think. Yeah. No, that's another good point. That's actually why our good friend Emily Mm -hmm. uh, suggested this book. Oh. That she was like, oh gosh, there's just a part where I could have seen myself. (laughs) Like every, you know, or a lot of us wanted to be that girl that got to travel and write and see live music and meet all this. And she was like, oh, I just saw myself in her as a young kid wanting to do those things. Totally. Yeah. And she, I mean, also... This also was confusing to me because, like, she was really young when she started working, like, temping with, um, what's, what's the name of the D- D&M? Yeah. Like, she was, what, 16 when she went there for her first interview? I think even, was it 16 or 15? Maybe 15. Yeah. Yeah, which, hilarious how it starts with the description of her, like, out there smoking, and then it's almost like, it's almost like a shot in a movie where it pans out to reveal, like, her dad's, like, sitting there, <laughs> He's like, nope, I'm going with you. <laughs> right, that was funny. I did like that, but every time she had to go out and do her own thing, her dad was, like, right there with her. Oh, God, like, the interview, where <laughs> she goes backstage to interview them. Yes, oh, that oh. kind of, it was so funny because it's such a dad thing to do and you do forget about her age mm-hmm. reading this. Totally. Um, well, it just makes you cringe a little bit. Like, oh God. Yes. Just trying to get backstage with me while I pretend to be this like really cool 16 year old girl. And yeah, I felt like she was very accepting of it. Way more accept- accepting than I would have been. Totally. Yeah, I mean... Again, I think that that's why they had to explain all that in the beginning of the book. Totally. Being the second oldest child of this family that's struggling with no money mm-hmm. and a drunk dad. Mm-hmm. So she, she's used to having to play more of an adult role in her family. Totally. And so as he's, like, bothering her to make him famous and wanting to meet all these people, she just has to kind of suck it up and deal with it. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting how he's, like, trying, I mean, like, it's established very early on that he's trying to, like, desperately cling to anybody's coattails, and then here she is, like, working for a prominent music magazine, and he's trying really hard to do the same for her, and it, like, somehow doesn't feel as exploitative as I think ostensibly it should. Right. For some reason. I'm not really sure why. Probably because, like you said, like... Moran really laid the groundwork for, like, that family relationship and who the father is. Yeah, no, I agree, though. It doesn't quite feel as as bad, but I can... It actually, in reality, should be a little bit worse. It's his own daughter trying to make something of herself and mm-hmm. get her own career going, and she's kind of always has in the back of her mind that she has to also take care of her father's career. Yes. Which is different from taking care of your family, you know? Right, 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 right. Like, I think that that's an okay feeling to have, but to take care of your father's career is a little bit different. Right, yeah. It's interesting. It's really interesting. I'm trying to remember what were some of the other things that 
Oh, that's so funny. I just like literally looked down at my notes and I wrote love slash hate the dad question mark. <laughs> like at first, I think it was from the very beginning. I wasn't sure how to feel. Oh, I know who I want to talk about. Oh my gosh, Chrissy, her brother. Oh yeah, I loved him. I did too, and I like that he. I like that they didn't focus on his sexuality a lot, but you just kind of understood totally that he was gay. Mm-hmm. I liked her brother a lot. I thought he was so caring, so caring, his own way, and so just like. Their relationship was fantastic. My favorite is when they, like, ducked into the cupboard or something after she had sex the first time, and she was like, I have to talk to you about something. Get in the cupboard, or whatever the fuck they call it. It was just, like, such a perfect, like, amazing sibling relationship moment. Yeah. No, they did that really well, and, gosh, what was it? Just, she was like, you want to ask me questions about it. He was like, I don't want to ask you questions. And, and then like, he does. But it's, like, different names. And then he asks her, like, all these So questions. good. Aw. amazing. I, yeah, I love their relationship. Actually, okay, so I read her memoir, too. What's it called? Um, How to Be a Woman or whatever, the other one. Right. Similar name. Too confusing. Um, <laughs> and she also described doing that with her sister. Like, she has a sister who's basically, like, Chrissy's corollary in real life, I guess. Yeah. And... I think that's, like, literally drawn from her own experience or, like, similar. So I love that. Right. I thought that was super cute. And I like that despite all of their argue. I mean, again, it's just true sibling relationships, it seems. But yeah. It seems you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't relate. But... Oh, God. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's always there for her despite their differences at times and yes gosh the end of the book gets super dark yes and he's there for her again yes the cupboard comes back in again that's true that's true uh, oh yeah the cupboard yeah yeah but no i really like chrissy also at so many points when she was like bemoaning her like lack of like i have no gay best friends i wish i did right and chrissy just like rolls his eyes and it's like <laughs> lady pay attention to your surroundings <laughs> you totally have your gay best friends he is like in the closet with you right now literally <laughs> you are literally in the closet with him having a conversation about the sex that he wants to discuss although at that point she kind of knew right like she kind of knew there. I think so. I'm pretty sure, yeah. They never really, I don't think, make it super clear when she knows. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just something that I think we all learn together. Um, but yeah, that kind of reminded me, too, of her dealing with her sex life. That was actually some of the funniest parts to me in the beginning before she had a kiss. Oh. she did anything, just her dreaming and fantasizing about it. Oh my gosh, yes. She just had a lot of great lines. Gosh, I wonder if I can find any, but... Oh, yeah, find one. Um, oh, I just opened to the page, though, where she brands all of her clothing with the, her name, Dolly Wilde, because she doesn't want to forget her name. Oh, that's so good. She puts it on the inside of her jacket and her shorts. Oh, my God. That reminds me of... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this on a podcast. Um, that reminds <laughs> me of this kid in high school who got his, like family name tattooed down the side of his like torso and we were all like oh is that for when he like 
wakes up one morning and forgets who he is. <laughs> Which is just, like, snotty and mean and very 17 of us to say. Like, not even the funniest joke. But, yes, I remember reading that part about the clothes and being like, oh, yeah, it's like that one kid. Who <laughs> wouldn't remember? Another just, you know, distraction real quick. Um... A girl that I work with is telling me about a guy that she went on a date with, and he just has family tattooed <gasps> on his chest. Bone. No, yeah. what? It's like, what? Why family? What? Why not your family's name? Like, why not anything else but the word family? Like, oh, I just, I just love family. That's what he said. Yeah, I just love family. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's like when people get any like random word on them. I mean. I hate to hate, but, like, <laughs> God, I'm so tired of seeing, like, hope, you know, or, like, destiny. I know. I know. Such a bummer. <laughs> um. I'm to put a random noun, like, cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, another concept, like, I don't know, ennui. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart. I know words. <laughs> um, so... In me trying to find these these sections, which apparently I just never underlined, um, Aww. Uh, is the section where she she does the Scooby Doo impersonation. Oh my god! I died laughing about that. And uh. I was definitely uh, in public. Oh my god! Yes, so funny. Wait, what page is that on? Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. It's, uh... Uh, 59. Okay, because I had, like, a very confused moment after that. This is, like, really embarrassing. When her dad is in the car with her afterwards, and he's like, Joanna, our name's Morrigan, not Pratt. I was like, what? Why is he having to explain what the last name is? Because I didn't know what a Pratt was. Like, I was just so confused. Right. Yes. This is why I wrote, I understand, like, one-third of the words. <laughs> I was like, what is he saying there? Is he being supportive or is he being mean? Like, what's right. happening? <laughs> Ugh. so funny. Also relatable. I love Scooby- Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so, like, her doing this, I was like, oh, I can see myself getting so nervous in public and pulling out a Scooby-Doo quote. You think that you would say Scooby-Doo-Doo, like, in a... In that Maybe. voice? I what? got that nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> Ugh, so bad. Um, but then, okay, so one thing I wasn't sure about how I felt about was when she started doing drugs. Mm-hmm. At the end, and I kind of felt, I mean, I guess, again, it was needed. She was sort of spiraling out of control in her new Dolly Wilde character. Right. Um... But I guess I just hoped that she would remain, like, a strong, powerful lady, you know? Oh, yeah. She, (laughs) my middle side coming out, (laughs) but, um, you know, she was doing okay for a while in her new Dolly Wilde character. She was unhappy about things, and she just, like, made herself embrace this traveling music writer. Right. And when all of us are getting the best of her, I got a little bummed out about it. Are you Uh, talking about John Kite? No. What I'm traveling music writer? Oh, when she, just her. Oh, like, oh. As, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right, yeah. No, I'm talking about when they're at a concert in the bathroom and she does 
speed with yeah the other people from her magazine. You know what? Like this scene that I was just like super bummed about, or not like I don't know, bummed is the wrong word, but like maybe similar. Where I was like, oh no, Dolly Wilde slash Joanna Morgan. Um, when she was with that one boyfriend dude who, like, took her to his fancy house with his fancy friends, and they were just, like, all dickheads, and they're all shitty, and he basically brought her there to, like, show off to his, like, on-again, off-again girlfriend, and then, ugh, I was just, like, so bummed out, because I was, like, ugh, that's such a, that's such a moment that... Like, young girl or, like, young women get into often, you know? Yeah. Or I don't know if often is the best word. But, you know, like, to be like, I'm going to follow this guy. It's, like, great that he likes me. It's going to be great. And then you're just like, wait, what the – am I am I a pawn in somebody else's, like, love fuckery? Like, am I, am I like, the, like, weird tool? <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I kind of forgot about that. That, that really sucked. Yes. What's his name? Um, um, God, I need to use, okay, next time bitch, I'm using bookmarks. Bitch something. Yeah. Oh, something rich. Tony Rich. Tony, yeah. Oh, yes. That's the other thing. So confused. I thought he was much older at first. And then Me he took too. her to his home, and I was like, oh, this guy's a fucking kid. Yeah, I know. I was confused about that as well. I thought he was way older. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, I also, I think... This is me being a little bit selfish, but uh-huh. I wish that she had described these people a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Tony Rich is such a handsome man. Like, give me all the details. I want to hear what he looks like. But based off of, like, the little descriptions that were given, I wasn't able to, like, fully imagine Tony Rich or yes. John Kite. Like, I had general ideas, but I don't know. yeah. I think we were in her head so much, in the narrator, in Dolly Wilde's head so much that, right. like, yeah, sorry, I just burped. Um, we didn't get, we didn't get, like, really, 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 at least physically fleshed out characters. Actually, I would argue not totally fleshed out side characters. Yeah. That's a good point. But maybe, maybe that's the point of the narration because you're, you know, she's, like, an unreliable narrator and the fact that she's, like, a teenager or, like, she's in her early 20s and she's very focused on herself and, like, the way that she views, like, her love of John Kite is, like, not about his looks at all. It's, like, all about their connection. Right. And so maybe it makes sense that the other characters are not, like, totally fleshed out because she doesn't really understand the people around her very much. Totally, and I think that actually, as we're talking about that, goes into the fact that her reviews are even, they're pretty much fake reviews. She's not reviewing stuff that she likes, she's reviewing stuff that she hates. So she also, since we are in her head so much, she's not good at describing things that she enjoys. That's true. That might be why we don't get a lot of detail, but... Right. Again, it's just me being selfish. I want to know all the details. No, I totally agree. I like imagine them. I vacillate between wanting to read like really like detailed, realistic shit. Like I want you to tell me like the details and be like really into it, and then also like just move me through the plot. Like let's go, let's go, let's go. Right. And it like depends on the writer, obviously, and depends on my mood, obviously. But yeah, I. I also felt when reading, I was like, but wait, what about like what? Give me more. Give me more. I think I just 
kind of all the men in her life, with the exception of her family, are kind of just blended mm-hmm. what they looked like together. Also, and this is, again, <laughs> this, like, this episode of the podcast should be titled, like, Ashley is puzzled by the UK. <laughs> like, I was just like, I can't I picture it. anybody because they're all British. I don't even know what British <laughs> people look like. <laughs> Which, okay, tangential, but... <laughs> tangential, but um, I was watching um, KQED. I was watching PBS yesterday. Uh-huh. Or the night before. Something. We were watching it some evening. And I was like, oh my god, is it Downton? And Michael was like, no, it's not Downton. It's like some other show. And then I was watching and there were all these commercials. And I was like, why do the British people only have shows about, like, the late 1800s? Like, how come it's only period pieces? Like, don't they watch anything else? And I genuinely thought that for a second. And then Michael was like, no, I think that's just what PBS wants. Like, those are the only UK shows that they bring over. Like, they don't show you The Office or other things. Right. But I was just like, I don't understand. How come Britain is constantly stuck in, like, period pieces? What is modern UK like? I have no understanding of what it's like today. I don't even know what the people look like. Which, okay, also tangential, sorry, (laughs) reminds me of, um, so, what's her name from the X-Files? What's her real name? What's Scully's real name? Oh, um, oh. Gillian? Gillian? Gillian. Oh, I was going to say Gillian Welch. I know, me too. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Gillian, um... I don't know. I can't remember. Anderson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, wait, did I tell you about her accent? I think you did, but now I don't remember what it was. Okay. It's really confusing. Wait, yeah. So, she was like either born in the US and raised in the UK. No, I think she was born in the UK and raised in the US, something like that. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, she, like, had an American accent, but apparently she moved back to the UK. I think she lived in the UK for, like, a period of time in her childhood until she was, like, 11. Mm -hmm. And then was in the US and had, like, an American accent. But now she lives in the UK and she switches between her UK or her British accent and her American accent in all these interviews. And it's so confusing. (laughs) Like, I spent a good over an hour on YouTube looking up interviews and I don't know any British like talk shows but I would just like you know follow the YouTube like trail and I'd come across all of these British talk shows where she's interviewed with a fucking British accent and then I go and look at her interview with Jay Leno with a fucking American accent Oh, so she also switches between, like, if it's an American show yes. or an accent's American? Oh. Yes. No, yeah. It's not like she switches in the midst of a conversation. She's, like, solidly with one or the other, depending <laughs> on the venue. And it's so crazy. That's so confusing. I know. I yeah. want to know of other people who do that. I'm going to get lost in that tonight. Please sure. do. Yes. Me too. <laughs> it's weird. So... Can we talk about John Kite for a second? Yes, sorry. I didn't mean to get us... Yes, please. <laughs> no, I don't know this... I don't know how this is all reminding me, but... I think I love their friendship. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. But what do you mean by right or wrong? 
Um, I can't tell if I'm supposed to love their friendship. Oh. But I do. And I, I really like that he, like, he totally cares for her and wants yeah. to make sure she's okay. Yeah. But in a very, um, equal way. Mm-hmm. He's super condescending to her, which I appreciate. You mean, uh, wait, did you say he is or he isn't? He is not. Oh, okay, okay. Do you think he is? No, 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 but the, oh. I think the Skype, like, swallowed your voice for a second. Oh, okay. I can just sit closer. And then I was like, wait, you really like that he's super condescending to her? I just love a really condescending man. It's just, like... He's the best. what I like to read about. <laughs> um, no, I like that he isn't condescending to her, but he cares and he is, like, there to watch out. Yeah. And I think it is kind of cute and reminds you of how young she is, that she has this huge, like, overwhelming fascination and obsession with him. Yes. Um, Like, the first feature she writes about him is basically just, like, totally, yes, a huge love story. Totally, what is the phrase? Like, fangirling. She's just fangirling. Oh, Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, (laughs) I totally love it. Yes. That's the other thing, though, that's hard for me to relate to is that, because their drinking ages are so much are, are different from ours. Yeah. And I know she's still drinking under what the the age requirement is, yeah. but it's just like I can't ever imagine being that age <laughs> with access to all of that and yeah. also having to deal with you know, having a job and going out to these shows and writing them all them, but I really like their friendship a lot. Yeah, I agree. And I think that I can totally relate to, like, that moment where she's like, I'm going to go to the bar that he goes to, and I'm going to sit there for, like, five hours and just wait for him to show up. Because I feel like that's totally, that's totally something that in, like, other contexts, I definitely did when I was, like, 16 or 17 or whatever, you know? Like, I did that in so many different ways. Like, walking past, like, somebody's house, just like, I hope they see me out the window this time. I hope they see me out the window this time. Or, like, so-and-so, like, works at this store. Like, I'm going to go see if they're working right now. I'm just going to go, like, in there and shop for a little bit. Yeah. whatever it is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. I don't know. What did you think about them? I thought their relationship was really interesting, I felt like it was, I feel like, how do I, so I feel like we missed some of, some of, like, the foundational, like, building of their relationship, though. Like, I get that they had that one night, but that just felt like a fantasy, you know, when she interviews him, and it's like, they click so amazingly. I get that that happens totally, but the fact that, like, after that, they're writing to each other all the time, like... I guess what I what I would want to have is like insight into like okay so they're built they're clearly building their relationship there's like this intense friendship slash maybe not totally just friendship but other stuff too through writing and yet we are not really privy to much of that we right, get like right. a brief explanation sort of right that's true I yeah that's very true I guess I just. Maybe there's just a part of me that's still that, still that little girl that, like, loves the idea of it just being, like, a full, like, spur of the moment. Totally. Nothing makes sense. Everything went so well that first time, and then you get to have a great friendship, you know? Like, no, totally. Well, like, leaving in that. Also, I think maybe, like, my desire to want to know more is kind of like how you mentioned you, like, want more description of, like, 
what does Tony Rich look like? It's like, right. give me more. This is like me just being like, I want to consume it as a reader. I right. I feel like that about their relationship. Like I I want to like I want to read the excerpt from, excerpts from the letters. Like give me more information. Like I want to consume that part of the story. Totally. Well, there you go, Catelyn Moran. That's your next book. <laughs> Just <you> only <laughs> we Dolly Wilde and John Kite <laughs> letters back and forth to each other. So true. So I would good. read it. I would read it. I would read it. Wait, there was one thing I wanted to say. Oh, man, what was it? It was, like, related to that. Ugh. Oh, I know. You were saying, like, part of you still feels like that little girl where it's, like, everything fits and it works just perfectly in this relationship. I think also it's, like, we, as 20-somethings, <laughs> are no longer at that point where it's, like, you can build the, or, like, you can just discover the friendship like that. Right. Like, I feel like... I had that happen so many times when I was a kid and then when I was a teenager and even into college where it was like you spend like one afternoon or one evening with a person and suddenly you're just like, we're best friends. Like it just happened. It's beautiful. Now right. it's like you do like the whole like adult friendship dating game where you're like, <laughs> um, do you want to hang out? Okay, cool. Like this is fun. Slightly awkward, but fun. Like, okay, yeah. we should do this again sometime. <laughs> You know? That's totally true. There's something that's kind of magical about it when you're that age. Yes. And you're just like, oh, yeah, great. Oh, mom, have you met my new best friend? Exactly. Yeah, we met, like, once. It's amazing. Exactly. Or when you're, like, in high school and you make friends with somebody and you're like, we are meant to be best friends forever. And we, like, talk about all of our horrible problems because they're all so horrible and right. et cetera, et cetera. Like, you're just... Join at the hip. And then, actually, yeah. though, just as quickly those friendships dissolve. I mean, how many, like, sad, tearful teenage nights are built around, like, oh, so-and-so just totally stubbed me. Or, like, childhood yeah. memories are like, I wasn't invited to so-and-so's birthday party at the roller rink, you know? <laughs> totally. It's so sad. Yeah, it is. So hard. So quick, and yet so, I don't know, quick on both ends, I guess. Right, exactly. Um... What did you think about the ending, kind of with her, with the self-harm and then moving to London and all of that, like, do you think that that fit in with... I thought it was so quick. Yeah. I just felt like it was so abrupt. Like, we have spent a long time on the characterization of Joanna slash Dolly, like, you know... Going through this experience of growing up and learning who she is and trying new things. And then it's like suddenly like this, this not experience or just moment, but like suddenly it takes like a much darker turn. I think like you mentioned earlier. And then it's just like boom, 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 wrap it up. We got a nice little bow. Okay, we're good. Right. And it's like, what? Really? Like, we've spent a lot of time exploring, like, how she likes to masturbate to unicorns and vampires. Like, why are we not exploring, like, this, like, <laughs> deep sadness that has led her to be this way or, like, the drugs or, you know, like, all of that. The drinking. Like, why haven't we explored that? Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I thought that it made sense that it got to the point where she was, well, I don't want to say it makes sense, but... I guess the story made sense that it got to the point where she was hurting herself because mm -hmm. everything came 
onto her so quickly and she was just growing up so fast having to deal with all these situations yeah um and I think it would have been interesting to spend a little bit more time with it and see her recover instead of just like oh I'm better now right no problems and then Hmm. to move to London I don't know it just was interesting to me because she stopped getting um stories Mm -hmm. then she when she wrote the thing about um, John Kite, then mm-hmm. she started getting stories again, and yeah. she stopped again when they were all so negative. Right, 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 right. She Everybody started, hated her. Yeah. And then she started getting them, I feel like, in the storyline, very recently, mm-hmm. um, before she made the decision to move to London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought that all of that seemed... I don't know, I, I didn't expect her to make that move, and especially not, like, in the situation that she was in at the moment. Right. And her relationships and her family and her job was seemingly all up in the air. Yeah. Um, and then her health status as well. Right. It just kind of, I feel like all of that happened in like 30 pages or something. Yeah, it was really fast in the book. Although, just hearing you like explain it and say it back, I guess I do have to say that like thinking about the fact that Although she's gone through a lot of character growth over the, like, span of the book. And it does, like, I mean, when it first starts out, I think she's 14. And so it does span some years of, like, her adolescence. Right. At the end of the day, like, she's still really young. Right. And I guess just hearing you kind of explain that trajectory, it does seem realistic that that would be the decision that, like, a young person would make. Like... And maybe, maybe part of it is, like, having an ending that isn't all, like, and then she lived happily ever after. Because as much as I just described it as being, like, okay, we're going to wrap everything up, it isn't totally wrapped up. Right. That's true. It does feel like it, it does feel like it's wrapped up when you're reading it, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you're right, it, it isn't. Um, and then, again, as you just kind of pointed out, I do keep forgetting her age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think what it ends when she's 17 or something. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I think she's 17 at the end of it. And I remember thinking, oh, that's right. She's still so young. I can't believe. Yeah. Moving out. Um, I did think she grew many years in that time yeah yeah that's the other thing okay so like as as we move throughout the worlds of the book and we go like not chapter to chapter i guess but part to part because there are the parts Mm -hmm. i did have moments where i was kind of confused about how much time had passed yeah so that like tended to be a bit of a barrier where i'd be like wait a second what huh oh, okay, and I have to, like, go back and recheck and use context clues, like, right. <laughs> all my, like, I'm a good reader reading skills. <laughs> use my context clues. Sorry, that's, like, such a teachery thing for me to say. <laughs> no, but I'm wondering, and I sort of thought this as I was reading the book, but I mm-hmm. wonder if I let myself not think about it mm-hmm. and wasn't taking notes as we were you know, planning Ooh. to discuss this, if I would have... I don't know if the storyline would have flowed a little bit better. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I was wondering if me stopping, thinking, taking notes, looking things up, yeah, actually kind of chopped it up more. 
That's a good point. Although I would have been stopping and looking things up either way because I literally understood one third of the words. <laughs> That's true. I would have definitely been stopping and looking stuff up. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just wondered if. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, God. That's probably going to be the point that we come back to, like, every single <laughs> podcast episode. We'll be like, would it have been different if we weren't taking notes? I think that's a sign that we're not drinking enough. I think you're right. I ran you're out of wine. Another... I ran out. I'm empty. You're empty? You're making fun of me. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just, like, the angle of the camera, it looks like you are taking the hugest swigs. <laughs> you're amazing. Maybe I should... Okay, wait. I'm going to go grab some wine. Okay. I have this wine. Oh, I'll show it to you. I'll be here. (laughs) Will you? (laughs) Okay. Let me show you this wine. It is Black Cake Black Forest Cake Wine. What? That looks so good. (laughs) Really? That's your favorite? I don't know. (laughs) I was so scared. I wish that I could, like, put this up to the camera so you could smell it. (laughs) It, I haven't tasted it yet, and it literally what is smells like a cake. cake. It's that um, it's that chocolatey cake that has like it has some kind of like cherry in it too. Oh, and it has um, usually like a white frosting. It's very rich, and this literally oh. smells like the cake. Okay, I guess I was thinking more like I like eating dark chocolate with a glass of wine. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh wait, let me get that sound. There we go. Okay, I'm gonna try it. Alright, let's see what you think. Oh, it's so gross. You get this. So, when we moved back into this uh, house, the past tenant left this and a bottle of actually good rose in the fridge. Oh my god. No, this is horrible. (laughs) Oh my god. I've never seen that before. Oh, my God. It says it's a product of France, which I don't believe. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Oh, but it's imported by someplace in Manahasset, New York. Okay. What does that mean? Product of and imported by? Is that what it is? Yeah. Product of France. So, France just sends them, like, barrels of this, like, nasty sugar drink. Guess so. Interesting. Tastes like real black forest cake. That's what it says on it. <laughs> okay, well, I have my alcohol now. <laughs> Alright. What else should we talk about about this book? Um, okay, so I kept on... I don't know if this is because I'm obsessed with myself and narcissistic or because it's the teacher in me, but I kept on thinking, what would I think if I read this as a teenager? Okay, yeah. So, like, I don't know if that's me being like, I'm the center of the universe. What would I think of this as a teenager? Or if it's me being like, is this a book I want to share with my kids? Um, I would assume it's the latter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I like to tell myself, but who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so, like, for the one, like I mentioned before, I think I probably would have just been, like, just extremely jealous of the, like, the steps that she takes towards, like, getting what she wants. Especially because, like, I don't know, she is very clearly, like, a character. She describes herself as, like, overweight. She describes herself as, like, super weird. Nobody really wants to hang out with her. She doesn't really have friends. She's, like, definitely a loner. And, like, she is still basically positive 
forever. Like, just a positive character who goes out and is like, I want to write for a music magazine, so I'm just going to spend, like, a whole year, like, going and getting tapes from the library and writing obsessively about them and then send off all my shit to, like, all of these different places and I'm going to get a job for it. Like, I don't know. She's, like, a very, like, inspiring, go-getter-y type character. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is cool. And, um, I like... Yeah, I actually really liked Dolly Wilde mm-hmm. and Joanna. <laughs> they were both to like exclude her original self. I um, know that's kind of interesting. Maybe we should talk about that too. I like both of them. Um, I like her passion for like creating this career, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also like that she again here comes Mills, but um, <laughs> like wants to kind of just screw over the fact that it's a bunch of men that rule, uh, rule this world at this point. Totally. And, like, goes into the record store and tries to bring up, like, really obscure music. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And she also talks about the, like, grunge punk movement happening in the U.S. Uh-huh. Like, Courtney Love and stuff. And, like... You're like, hey, that's me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, she's you know, aware of these things happening, which also was interesting to hear that that wasn't really happening in the UK. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're like, were there not riot girls in the UK? I don't know. I Maybe don't know she's... why I always assumed that they would be more progressive with that, but hmm. but why I assumed that. I don't know. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she is an overall positive person, and um, even her when she talks about being overweight, Mm-hmm. Her, her, she jokes about it, and it's yes. fun, you know. Um, and she takes all of these things that I think she considers flaws, but she turns them into being powerful. Totally, she like owns herself. Which, yeah. again, back to my like, as a teenager reading this, that is something that I know that I had so much difficulty with, and I think that many teenagers do. Like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, most teenagers um, just, like, have trouble because it's really hard and you're, like, figuring out your identity and you don't know who you are and everybody around you can, you know, they're going through similar shit and it ends up with people being pretty judgmental, etc. So, like, owning who you are, owning your flaws and turning them into, like, um, things to be confident about, that's, like, pretty impressive for, like, a teenager... To be able to do. And so, I don't know. I kind of feel like she's a really sort of, like, cool role model in that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, And actually, to go back to the, like, Joanna Dolly thing, Mm -hmm. um, I think that in her, like, air quote, becoming (laughs) Dolly, um, I actually kind of liked her process. Mm Mm-hmm putting, like, quotes on her wall and writing things in pencil and, like, so that she can change things and just putting everything that she loved and wanted to become. It's like a and, desire board. Is yeah. that what they're called? <laughs> so it was filled with, like, strong, powerful ladies, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool idea, and I wish that, um, I don't know if I wish, but I like that you just want to, like, advertise all of your role models and everything that yeah. influences you and... Not that that should necessarily make you become another person, but, you know, to embrace those ideas. Well, yeah, because I think, like, 
it's totally like an act of ownership over her own like self and destiny, her own identity, where she's like, I'm literally going to give myself, I'm going to like crown myself like queen of this new identity. Like I'm renaming myself and I'm totally creating this persona, which like, yeah, you could totally on the one hand be like, uh, you know, that's not truly who you are. You have to be true to yourself. Hashtag, you know, whatever. But (laughs) also it's like really powerful to be able to like say, no, like I'm, I'm re, I'm reframing this shit. Like I'm reframing who I am. I'm redefining like what I want to be. And then I'm going to go out and do it. I'm going to be it. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly as you said, it's like a desire board, and I don't necessarily think that there's a lot wrong with that. Um, obviously, for her, it goes wrong in the end, but... Well, uh, she, like, has to reevaluate, like, what it is she's become, which that is, like, if we're gonna get back to, like, YA novels, which I, this isn't, like, necessarily a YA novel, but it does center on, like, a teenage protagonist, but that is, like, always such a huge plot point, you know, the whole, like... Right re-envision who you are or, like, move into a new persona and then have to come to terms with, like, what are the negatives of this new persona and then what can you do to, like, reevaluate and move forward either as your former self or this new, like, formed self. So she does definitely go through that plot arc that I think is kind of, like, a trope. Not in a bad way. I don't mean that it's, like, trope in a bad way. But, um, so, like, that... She definitely does explore that. It's not just like she re-envisions who she is and it's all positive. Right. That's true. Um, I actually do like her to keep and to reject list. Mm-hmm. She makes and she reevaluates, And yes. her to keep on the top of the list is the top hat. <laughs> never let go of that top hat. Oh, my God. It's so funny to me. Okay, this is another... We talked about, like, descriptions. I cannot... I literally cannot imagine... Like, what she looks like in that slash top hat. Like, I can't. Like, I know what he looks like, but I just can't imagine this girl with, like, her, like, combat boots and her, like, crazy-ass tights and, like, how she's always describing herself with that fucking hat. Like, I can't imagine it. I know. It sounds wacky as fuck. It does sound wacky, especially then when she dyes her hair cherry red. Yes! It's, like, crazy red hair coming yes. out of this top hat. Yes. Gosh. Um, and the black eyeliner, too. Oh, my gosh. Just circling her eyes, she says. Oh, that reminds me of, like, my Avril Lavigne phase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally remember that time of my life. You said that like you remembered my <laughs> Avril Lavigne phase. Oh, yeah, Ashley. Your Avril Lavigne phase. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I talked to, like, one of my students recently. I was like, oh, yeah, you don't know how to tie a tie? Everybody knows how to tie a tie. And then I, like, thought to say, and I was like, no, the only reason that I know how to tie a tie is because Avril Lavigne. <laughs> that was my she jam. Super important for every girl to know how to tie a tie. Seventh grade, it was. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> but you had to do it loose and perfect. And it had to be, like, over your, like, tank top because you were, yeah. like, not wearing something that a tie would actually go on. Duh. Duh. And your suspenders that hum down. Oh my god. Was that Gwen Stefani thing? No, that was definitely more Gwen, but yes, same era. Yeah. And like to wear the two together. Oh gosh. Combining such power ladies. (laughs) He was a boy, she was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? (laughs) A little bit heteronormative Avril. Very much so. (laughs) 
Now she has chronic Lyme. Oh my god. Wait, did you and I talk about chronic Lyme? Yeah, we okay. did. Okay, okay. I was <laughs> like telling everybody about it. <laughs> did you find those articles that I was talking about, but then did not send you? <laughs> yes. I did find them. I've been reading them. Right? So confusing. It's very confusing because I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills again. Yes. So I was looking up Yolanda. With her chronic Lyme. Yeah. Do you believe in it? Um. That's probably like a crappy thing to say, right? Like, do you believe in this thing that people are like suffering from? (laughs) But maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. I know. I don't think I've read enough to to form my opinion yet but I know know it's confusing I'm not a doctor so I feel like I should never form an opinion on it I guess that's true I don't know maybe I should maybe we shouldn't live our lives like that though because like that just seems limiting Yeah, man, life is tricky. Super. Or like, oh, God. Did you look up the Joni Mitchell one? Mag- Magellan's? Margellan's? Oh, no, I haven't looked that one up yet. That one is even more disturbing. Really? Yeah, because they, they, like, say that they have fibers in their skin. Ugh. And be careful about the Google image search. Just, like, oh, warning you there. I won't Google image that at all. This is also very tangential, but, like, Related to this other tangential point we've been talking about for a moment. Um, did I tell you that I'm obsessed with Dr. Pimple Popper? Yes, you did. That's nasty. <laughs> I know. It's super nasty, but I'm obsessed. Can't help it. So, because I look at that yeah. on Instagram's, like, suggestions. Oh, no. Way, way nastier shit. Like, and I wish I could click on it and be like, don't suggest this to me. Don't suggest this to me. But then it means that. Like, I don't, first of all, I don't think that Instagram has that function for you to be like, please don't suggest this to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it does. But even if it did, it would probably mean I had to actually click on the picture, and I'm afraid to, because it's just, like, gross, grossness. So, ugh. I'm, like, I'm afraid to go to my Instagram, like, check out these new things (laughs) feature, which is usually where I find all those makeup Instagrams to look at. Yeah. Ooh, yikes. I can't do those types of things. It's super disturbing. I was at I was at like a meal and I was talking about Dr. Pimple Popper and then I felt like such an asshole. <laughs> it's like, why am I doing this to you? You're eating. <laughs> I don't know why it freaks me out. I mean, it's gross. It's like, I mean, I can say this as somebody who is obsessed with it. It is gross. Yeah. It's totally gross. I don't know why I'm obsessed. Can't watch it. Can't watch it. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Back to the book. Back to the book. What else has happened? Mm. Oh, I also liked that when she had um, a UTI, uh-huh. she just owned that home. Oh, yes. That was great. She's just, like, in the tub, participating in the party from <laughs> the tub. And she put her tutu on in the tub. So good. And, oh, yeah, I love that. Also, though, another, like, Ashley doesn't understand British English I, like, did not understand that that was a UTI for, like, way too long. And then I looked it up and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she, like, got her cervix, like, punched in by the big cock dude. Oh, what did they call it? Um, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say big cock dude. Oh. Okay, where, where did... I'm trying to look for when she got that UTI. Which is so funny because I feel like we in college used to have so many conversations about UTIs. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, of course, of course. Once I realized it was YouTube, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, all I'm thinking of is like consumption, which is what they used to call tuberculosis, right? Really? <laughs> which is not funny. I shouldn't make a joke about that. Uh, oh, 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 oh. It's earlier in the book than I think it is. I think I found it. Cystitis. Oh. Cystitis. That sounds really intense. Right? That sounds way more intense than a urinary tract infection. It sounds like a cyst. You have cysts. You have cysts. <laughs> yeah, this sounds scary. I don't know why I automatically knew what it was. I don't know why you did either. Hmm. Oh, I just glanced at my notes and I had another thing that I had a question about. Do you remember how at the beginning, every time she mentions, like, something she learned from a book, which is, like, a lot of stuff because her primary, like, method of education is reading books that are, like, bizarre and obscure? Mm -hmm. She references them. She's like, you know, oh, how right. to be a cat, written by so-and-so, copyright 1987. And then she just, like, stopped doing that. That's right. I did notice that, and I was very confused, and then I just put it in the back of my head, because yeah. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Wait, yeah, why did that happen? I don't know. I thought it was, like, very cute and endearing at first. Well, then I wondered, is it actually, like, a, could it be a copyright issue? No, I think that was her character, though. Okay. I mean, maybe it's supposed to show, like, growth, like, she's no longer... I don't know. Maybe she's loose. I don't know. This is also... I'm going to switch because this wine is just doing stuff to me. <laughs> um, Chrissy's love of Annie. So fantastic. Yes. So fantastic! Yes. So good. I also love Annie so much. Oh, so so when they were, like, rehearsing for it, I was so into it. <gasps> Did you see the new version? Did it come out yet? The one a while ago? Oh, I don't know. Did it really come everyone out? was black? <laughs> yes. <laughs> did that already come out? Yeah. Oh, like did you see ago. it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you sounded kind of nervous when you said when everyone was black. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I laughed. <laughs> I was just trying to think if there was a newer one since then. <laughs> a newer Annie or a newer term? <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I was trying to think of which new Annie it could be mm. between the one there. <laughs> um, no, that's the one I was thinking of. Okay. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. Well, are you a real Annie fan then? Apparently not. <laughs> I've lost all my Annie credibility. <laughs> Oof. Not good. <laughs> not good. Oof. So, Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> What's our next book that we're going to read? Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. <laughs> you can check us out on Twitter at Drunk of the Book. Or you can email us at drunkofthebook at gmail.com. Website coming soon, but not yet. <laughs> so don't, don't try. <laughs> don't even look for it. <laughs> You'll be so disappointed. <laughs> Oh, thanks for listening, drunkers. <laughs>